The Maple Leafs have clinched home ice advantage in round one. Austin Matthews hit 60, and we got some playoff matchups starting to solidify here with just a couple of days left in the NHL schedule. Let's break it all down on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us on video on YouTube. Uh, so it's Locked On Leafs. Go subscribe. Uh, leave a I'll smash that like button. Leave a comment. All that good stuff would be greatly appreciated. Um, go check out the video because the video you can see our ugly mugs and sometimes we make weird, strange faces. Sometimes you want to watch it. <laughs> Let me just leave it at that. Sometimes you want to watch it. So just go subscribe. Go subscribe. Uh, Dave, boy, uh, uh, uh Big night for the Maple Leafs. Near perfect, I would say. Austin Matthews, pots 59, then 60. They clinch home ice advantage. Jack Campbell gets a shutout. Well, bonus content there. The only and they went through the game unscathed without any injuries. Well, it's knock on wood. I guess we don't really know that until tomorrow, but seemingly without any injuries. The only thing that would have made tonight better, in my opinion, is if Mitch also would have got to 100. But you know what? At the end of the day, this was a pretty, pretty good, solid, clean effort for the Maple Leafs. They were able to accomplish a lot of what they wanted to get done tonight and uh, ended up with a 3 nothing win over Detroit. We were kind of saying that we expected this to be kind of an exhibition game. Was first it? two periods felt like it a little bit in terms of did it? It felt like one of those intermission like exhibition games where nobody felt like they were like gonna score, right? Like no, I don't like, know, man. Like early, like I the way that Matthews was buzzing around the yeah. ice. I mean, five minutes in that game, I'm like, oh, this guy's hitting sixty. Like he's definitely hitting sixty tonight. I, I, you just knew, like the, the guy was taking it to the net every single time, and I don't know. Did you see the the uh, intermission interview you had with? Oh, I saw with it, John McKenzie. He's like, I told the boys that I was just gonna shoot the puck all night. So, <laughs> like, legitimately, he's like, I was shooting it all night. So, like, I was getting the puck. It was going on net. It was just happening. And yeah, I mean, man of his word, absolutely man of his word. He ended up with twelve shot attempts tonight. Uh, two of them finding the back of the net. Hit 60, the first to hit 60 in a decade since Steven Stamkos did it back in 2011, 2012, and just the fifth since 1995, 96 to do it. Uh, man, like elite, elite company this guy is is doing it and only needed 73 games to get this done. Um, of those five who have scored 60 in the last uh, over 20 years, uh, I think it's what, 22 years that would be, 23 years, 24, 23, 24 years. Um, only Lemieux 
has needed less games to hit 60. That's ridiculous. More than Yager, more than Ovi, more than Stammer. Like that that's the part that's always been like if people are trying to understand why there's such a fascination under with Austin Matthews scoring streak and everything that's going on, imagine if he was playing 82 games relatively healthy. Look, I understand he can't be healthy for all 82 games, but if he was somewhat not even 90% through all 82 games, we're talking about a guy that's likely getting 70. Like in a good a good opportunity to get 70 if he's getting 60 in you know in less than 75 games, right? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's definitely something that like that's kind of going to be the goal next year, right? 65 will be the goal and Yeah, and we'll, start, we'll 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 go we'll go in small yeah. increments, all right? We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 next year, you know, the 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 goal is 65 and if he can get to 70, if he can stay healthy the whole year, that'd be incredible. I mean, to me the fact that he's still like 51 and 50 games is just it's just stupid, like legitimately just nonsense that that he did that. Just that type of consistency for so long is just unprecedented, like quite literally um, unprecedented to, to see that happen. But, uh, yeah, I thought that he was buzzing around all night. You knew it was coming. Got to feel a little bit for Mitch, though. You know, this was a night where you just – I thought it was going to be point night. We thought it was going to be a high-scoring affair. New Matthews is going to get his two. You figured Marner would uh, would would factor into those goals. He didn't ended up with zero points. Didn't get assist on those uh, on those goals tonight, and he's still now with one game to go, sitting at ninety seven. Yeah, and and some people in in the, the conversations kind of already gone up about do you play him that final game and yeah, hope he gets, gets what are you doing? First thing is is like, can you relatively expect him to put up uh, three points on the Boston Bruins? Possible, it's quite possible. Is that the reason you want to put him in? You have to give him that option, right? Do you want yeah. to try to go for 100? You know what's interesting? I, I was um, – today on, on Leafs Lunch, we were speaking with Mark Masters, and he's almost – the way that he was talking about it, because I asked him a question like, hey, if they get mm-hmm. to these milestones tonight, I mean – or if they don't get to them, do you consider playing them on Friday or do you, you know, let them get the night off? And, and he was under – the assumption or, or a belief that it's probably more likely that these guys play regardless if they get their points. I mean, they've missed a lot of time this season already. Like last year, Marner sat out the final game of the season, but he hadn't missed any time. So that was just a way to get one you know night off, give him a couple of extra days rest ahead of the playoffs. He doesn't necessarily need that um, just because he missed time. But that being said, you know, he's been – playing this way since about mid-January. He hasn't missed time since then. So he's been on a roll for quite some time. So I I don't know if 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 I subscribe to that notion. I I feel like if he would have got to 99 tonight, like let's say he assisted on two of Austin's goals, I think it would have made sense to put him out there. It's like, okay, you could probably get one, and then we'll scale you back, only end up playing you like now 12, 13, 14 minutes or something like that in the game once he gets that goal or once he gets that point rather. But if you need three, I don't know if you play him to try and get the three. If you want to play him because you just think he's in a groove and he doesn't want to come out, he's like, I don't need the rest. I'm a 25-year-old. I still feel fresh. I feel good to go. And yeah, go ahead. Play him. Yeah. I, I think he can play him. I mean, he doesn't play a dangerous style hockey. I would not play him on the penalty kill. That I will tell you. He will not be killing penalties 
on Friday. He's going to play some five-on-five and the power play. I am not playing any of those guys on the PK. That I can promise you if I was going to Kerfoot. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, right. And, and that's where I'm wincing there tonight. And I'm like, oh, God, no, Kerf, dude. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't you see all the guys on the bench just like, hey, look at you, Kerfoot, blocking a shot. And he's just like, dude, that hurt. Yeah, I know. He's like, man, I don't know. I should not have done that. No, you shouldn't have. Uh, but, hey, maybe that's that's what saved uh, the shutout for Jack. Maybe that puck mm. was the one that would have made it in. But, yeah, that, that's going to be the big conversation over the next couple of days is uh, what's this lineup look like Friday against Boston in, in a seemingly meaningless game, right? You already know you've locked up second spot, home ice. Um, and it's not even like you need to beat Boston either. Like they're locked into a, a playoff matchup against Tampa as well with Tampa getting a victory tonight. So it's not even like if you beat Boston or if you let Boston beat you, I suppose, there's a chance that that could be the matchup. It's a meaningless game in terms of the Maple Leafs for standings. The only thing, only thing that really uh, matters in this upcoming game would be to get Marner those three points, to get uh, Muzzin another game, um, to get if Spezza could rattle off a five-point night and get to a 1,000, that would be special. That would be something. But that's really what you're doing, right? You're, it's just those the milestones is really all you're playing for on Friday. So you, you got to think to yourself and weigh it out. Do I want the extra couple of days rest? Or do I want to try and go for the milestones and risk something happening? Right, That's where Sheldon Keith's going to have to toe the line and kind of figure out what type of lineup he's going to want to put out there on Friday. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so Jake Muzzin did return to the ice tonight, though, Dave. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on him uh, on the other side. But before we get to to Muzzin and we you know dive back into tonight's game a little bit, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap. With options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes, HelloFresh chefs really know how to diversify the menu, too. With seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera, absolutely adore that one. Uh, You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Use that code, LockedOn16, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's right, 16 free meals and three free gifts if you go to HelloFresh.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON16. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morrissey with me. We are your hosts here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Toronto with a 3-0 victory over the Detroit Red Wings. Jack Campbell, Soupy, with his first shutout since January 1st, I want to say. Uh, that shutout against the Ottawa Senators at the beginning of the year when they came back uh, in their first game after kind of the Christmas COVID break type of situation. Don't believe he's had a shutout since because he was God awful for most of the year until the month of April rolled around, but he's having himself a heck of an April. Let me tell you, came into the game with a nine twenty one save percentage at five on five. Now he's really cooking. Obviously he's going to have a thousand tonight. He should be up in the nine forties, nine fifties, um, potentially once the 
statistics end up getting re-upped. But that's that's the Jack that we are are really happy to see at this time of year. And, and it's not just the fact, like, was he tested a whole lot? Not particularly. There wasn't many grade-A chances tonight. But I thought that he tracked the puck really, really well, and he made the stops when he had to, and he looked comfortable. He looked comfortable and looked like when he was moving side to side, it was with purpose, with intent, and he was controlling his rebounds, whether that means swallowing it up, not allowing rebounds, or kicking them out outside of the danger zone, outside of the danger areas where they weren't allowing those second and third opportunities. And the defense in front of him played well uh, too, right? Getting help from, from the guys in front. And that leads me to, we'll talk a little bit more about Jack Campbell's night in a moment. I, I do want to get to, Jake Muzzin, because I asked you about him right before we went to break. Um, this was his first game in six uh, that he was able to to get into the lineup for. He was suited up alongside uh, TJ Brody on the left side and ended up playing up over 20 minutes, uh, which I thought I wasn't expecting that. I thought eh, maybe, you know, 17, 18 minutes. But nope, got uh, a full 20 minutes in there. Uh, your thoughts on Muzzin tonight? Did he uh, Did he pass the test, I suppose? Well, I, I think he – the one thing I wanted to see was a Jake Muzzin that looked confident, that didn't look shaky, didn't have a lot of rust on him. And I, I think I was satisfied with what I saw from him. You know, able to play 20 minutes. It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know. Is he going to be is he gonna be okay to play the next game? Like, that's what I want to see is how is his recovery? How is his bounce back from this game? Right, because that's what happened last time, right? He missed time, came back, and then got injured in the game. He returned and then missed another six. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so they like the Leafs are not in a position right now where they need to force the issue with Jake Muzzin. Like, in terms of, like do you, I don't know, man. Like this guy's got to play. Like I, I, I think he does personally. Okay. I think he's got to play on Friday if he's not able to go because. You know, he tweaked so, something or he just at this point in the in the season, he's so kind of, you know, bruised and battered that he can't play back to back games, especially since there's the games on Friday. So there's two days off, not even yeah. like every other day type of thing. If he can't be ready to go for that game, I mean, what do you do in the playoffs when you're going up against Tampa, not Detroit, but Tampa? He's yeah. got to play on Friday and, and be fine to play. Yeah, like the thing is, like what I mean, maybe I should say forcing the issue in that they they don't need to push him to play like twenty minutes. We don't need to see Jake Muzzin play twenty minutes because we have other they have other guys that can do it. I do agree though that yeah, I don't want to see that he plays this game and they're like ah something flared up. He's got to he's got to take a seat or something like that. I do want to see him, and he, I think Jake Muzzin showed tonight that. He he needs to put himself in the picture to stay in the lineup too, right? He couldn't he couldn't have a pedestrian game in terms of, you know, looking hesitant on the ice. That's the last thing you want to show, right? You've had the, a lot of time off. You've had the chance to try to get as close to a hundred percent as you as what in terms of a hundred percent comfortable playing. So yeah, I think that's what I saw as a guy that wants to stay in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I think what you're getting at um, is, yeah, you don't you don't necessarily need to see him play a bunch of minutes, but you want to see how he performs in certain situations. It's that situational hockey. Like, how's he battling in front of the net? Is he okay? Is he comfortable taking, you know, that type of abuse by 
dishing out some abuse. Like it was, it's an upper body injury that he's dealing with here. And is he okay with, you know, being feisty or is that going to hinder him a little bit? Can he, is he winning those one-on-one battles in the corner corners for pucks? You know, it's, it's that type of stuff. And you can figure that out within 15, 16 minutes of ice time. You don't need to watch him for a full 22. I agree with you um, in, in that regard. I think we're on the same boat, uh, but certainly I, I, you know, it's, Game one comes quick at the playoffs. Game yeah. one comes quick. Let me tell you, like it's either Monday it's, or Tuesday next week. Yeah, it's 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 within a week of today. I I'm not sure if it's Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I don't think the schedule's out quite yet. The the playoffs start May second, which is a Monday. They, so I'm not, but they don't say like we we never know until the matchups are set and what they decide on who on what. So if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken. We'll we'll get into this. We'll get into this in the next segment, actually, because I don't want to go down on a rabbit hole um, here. But to to kind of finish up the thought on on Jake Muzzin before we kind of move on and and talk about a couple of other guys. Um, so if you if you want look at tonight's game and, and you're just wondering, like, okay, the the eye test, I think you look at it and you say, yeah, he played well. Uh, I, I thought that he he actually did have a a pretty solid game. Um, there was no glaring issues. He didn't get walked tonight like he had in the past. So what do the numbers say? Well, when you look at the Brody and Muzzin pairing, um, they're on the ice for the least amount of expected goals against that just 0.14 as a pairing. And I think that's extremely uh, encouraging uh, to the fact that they were out there. They played, what, 15 and a half minutes at five on five and had the, the best expected goals against rate on the entire team. Uh, only allowed five shots on goal while they were out there. Um, yeah, only allowed five. They were out there at 83% expected goals average, 68% Corsi. Uh, so, it, you know, the, the the numbers were favorable for Jake Muzzin and what he was able to do tonight. Plus, to me, the eye test also was all right. The foot speed. Now, here's the problem. And this is – we're not going to know this, I guess, until the playoffs, until they got to play Tampa. But how much of – like him not struggling tonight was because he was playing Detroit as opposed to the back-to-back cup champs. You know, I mean? like that's the only thing when I look at this game, do we ha- like, we can't look at it in a vacuum. We kind of have to look at it. The sample with- size isn't big enough pretty much. Right. Like we- we're taking this well, as it's not big enough, but it's also not a fair comparison. Cause it's like, okay, right. he did well against Detroit, which no disrespect, but they're not in the playoffs and not even close. Meanwhile, a week from now, it, you know, it, it's a much more fiercer competition with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. And like nobody on the Leafs really had a bad night per se. Right. No. So that's the, you take that. Yeah. With a bit of a grain of salt in that regard. Um, I think the probably the, the positive part is he didn't look bad against Detroit. So like you can look at it both ways there. Right. But yeah, no, like I think for sure, I do want to see him play against Boston for that reason. I want him to play against an opponent that, is going to be tougher. It isn't going to make it easy on him. You know, a little more physical too. They're a more physical team. And uh, looking at the standings now, I think that, the, yeah, it looks like they're probably out of it in terms of getting that final spot. Uh, that's the third auction. Oh, no, they beat Florida tonight. I don't know if it's been updated the standings, but that's something to look at too. Boston might actually have something to play for on Friday. Mm, the lightning won today. So I think that solidified a lightning Leafs 
first round, if I'm not mistaken. Let me quickly take a double peek at that. But I thought I looked into it earlier because the Lightning still, or the Bruins, I think, only have that one more game and are still back, I believe, three points on Tampa Bay. Uh, they have one. Sorry, they have one against Buffalo, then against Leafs. They have back to back, so they have two more games left. Okay, so maybe it's not completely settled. I suppose so it looks like Tampa. I think Tampa's in the same boat too. If I'm looking here, Tampa also has back to back. So this is literally going down. Could go down to the wire. Depending. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So if 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 Tampa and they're up by three points. So if Tampa gets skunked and Boston has to win both those games for Boston to end up with being third, essentially, I don't see that because Tampa, I think, has Columbus and uh, the Islanders. <laughs> it's a good bet that they'll end up uh, they'll end up winning it. It's funny. I, I thought that it was solidified tonight with that win by Tampa. I guess uh, my math was off a little bit. I well, we didn't expect but... them playing a back-to-back to end of the season as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of teams doing that because it's not a, it's not a, typically right. It's you got Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays are the big nights in the NHL. But with no games on Saturdays because the season ends on a Friday, all those games are moved up to the Friday. So you got back to backs for a lot of teams that are sitting there with just 80 games left on the slate, which is good amount. I mean, Toronto is just one of uh, a few that have 81. I'm just taking a look. I think there's only three teams. It looks like four Detroit. Yeah. Only four teams have 81 games played. So uh, you got a couple other, other squads out there that, uh, that do need to get a couple of games in here by the end of the week. Um, So yeah, there's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to have either back to backs on Wednesday, Thursday or Thursday, Friday Uh, should be a fun, fun end of the week. And, We'll get into the playoffs because they're starting to shape up a little bit uh, in the next segment. But before we get there, Dave, um, why don't you tell us about uh, our good friends at Built Bar? Yes. Uh, hopefully, Austin Matthews maybe got a Built Bar too after this game. Absolutely. Maybe he took some before the game. Maybe he got that first ever protein infused marshmallow. I think he's a banana cream pie type of guy. I think that's where awesome Matthews would land in terms of the flavor spectrum. That is one of the flavors that you can get from Built Bar if you get one of their puffs. They're low calorie. They're high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. Frankly, they're even better. A typical candy bar can have between two to 300 calories. But if you go to Built.com, you go to the macros chart, you'll see that most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, most usually have about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. I mean, that just helps seal the deal, I think, for Built Bar. If it doesn't, look at the other flavors they have available. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and one of my personal favorites, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So if you think that there's a flavor you might like, guarantee Built Bar is looking into that for you. So how can you take advantage of our Locked On Leafs offer? Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. So that is LOCK15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I've got Dave Morrissuti with me. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. 
Uh, and it was a great day for the Toronto faithful. They got to watch Austin Matthews rip number 60 on the year. And uh, we have that video, right, of, of, yeah. of that rip because that was just unbelievable. Like that play was just unreal. Why don't we play that for a YouTube audience uh, if we could? And because I like you just kind of knew that when they got that power play. So I'm sorry. Like, look at look at where he is. Look at the space between the stick and the and Austin Matthews. Yeah, that's, that's not, dangerous. I, I would say so. Yeah, you got the the most lethal shooter in the NHL who shot is you can't get any more deceptive. Oh my! And God. he just absolutely rips it over the shoulder. Hits the hits the corner and in Kelly. By the way, I don't know if you if you're oh. looking if you're watching on YouTube, Mitch Marner. I don't know if you're seeing his reaction here. It is golden. It'll it'll come back and play it again. He's just he he looks like he was hoping Matthews was passing it to him because of where he was sitting or was standing on the ice. Then he just looks <laughs> at the net. He's just like, okay, cool. Puts his stick back into like like all right. That's and like. Dude, Austin Matthews told you he's shooting tonight. He ain't passing yeah. enough. He I'm ain't sure passed enough. I mean, it would have. I probably would have worked out if he passed it to Mitch as well. Yeah. But Austin Matthews is not putting. Is not going to turn up an opportunity to shoot it from that close with no one in front of him, and he can just pick that corner like he always does. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we get into the playoff matchups, uh, why don't we go through our three stars of the game? Uh, once again, it was a 3 nothing win, Toronto over the Detroit Red Wings in game 81 of the year for Toronto. It was also their 30th victory at Scotiabank Arena tonight, which I think set a new home record for uh, wins in a season at home. They're up to 113 points, which is also a record setting for the franchise. Every point they get from here on out uh, for the last week or so has been record setting. Um, but in this game, it was a bit of a, a toughie to come up with just three. I'll be honest with you, because like you alluded to before, it was kind of a, just a good game all around from everybody. You know, there were some good uh, contributors. You know, although it wasn't as high scoring as we thought it would be, there was a lot of chances, a lot of chances, and, and they played well defensively, and they clamped down when they had to. So it was a little bit tough, but I came up with three. Uh, I know you got your three, so why don't you start off, Dave? Give me your third star of tonight's game. Um, I'm going to go with a combo here. William Nylander and John Tavares. You stole my thunder, you sneaky devil. What? A, first off. That's my move. That's my move yeah, to cheat I'm, and take I'm, multiple guys. You know that's my move, Dave. Yes, I'm catching on quite quickly, as you can see here. But to go from a harmless play at the blue line, where yeah. it just looks like Willie is just going for a little dance in the offensive zone, to turn, stop on a dime, throw the to John Tavares is just like, oh, thank you very much. I shall get that into the net. What a play. That's just world class. Looks like these two might be regaining that chemistry. Yeah, what do you think about that? Because they ended up playing, I think it was in total, like two minutes, two minutes and 55 seconds together. So it was only like a few shifts mm -hmm. that they got to play alongside with uh, with Ilya Mikheyev tonight um, as a trio. But what a strong couple of shifts it was. Uh, you take a look at the they outshot their opponents three to nothing. They outscored obviously one to nothing, and uh, had a couple of scoring chances. Like, I wonder if they're gonna try and reunite these guys. 
I wonder if they're trying to put these two back together again just in time for the playoffs so that Sheldon Keefe, what has he always wanted? A traditional checking line. And if you can if you can have Tavares and Nylander back on track, playing their way, and get that traditional checking line for the playoffs, I do think that might be something that Sheldon would, would like to do. And seeing them kind of refine that chemistry a bit tonight makes that a little bit easier. Makes it easier, doesn't it? It does. And and if it doesn't happen right away, he could throw it in situational moments too, right? Oh, We're not saying sure. he doesn't have to staple and say, or even write it in pen. Put that line in pencil. Keep it. Keep the option open. I think that's, if I'm Sheldon Keeve, you know you can go to it. You're seeing it start to brew up again, the chemistry there. So give it, give it, maybe we see it on Friday. Maybe we see them play together on Friday if they both play in the game, which I would assume that they do. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps we could. Um, but it's, it's, it's good to see Tavares get uh, a goal at five on five specifically. Yes. Um, you know, he's someone who's really struggled in the back half of the season at five on five. Like a lot of his points have been coming on the power play for the most part. And, for him to finally get uh, get one at five on five in the back of the net there from William Nylander, I think is is definitely like another boon as we head towards the playoffs. Uh, that was my, those are my third stars as well. I, I that combination of uh, of Willie and JT. So we're on the same page there. My second star tonight. I mean, you got to give it to Soupy, Soupy Campbell coming through with uh, a pretty big performance, twenty saves and like a couple of big stops he had to make too. And it seemed like there was a moment, there was about five minutes there, midway in the third, like towards the end-ish, where Detroit started to press a little bit, and I got concerned. I didn't want to say it. No one said the word on the broadcast, and I did not want to say shutout. I didn't want to think about it, but, it, you know, I start looking at the time. You're like, oh, there's eight minutes left, and they're kind of in their own end. They took a penalty, and they had a couple of chances on that power play, but, no, nope, they were able to kill it off, and they were able to uh, – Jack Campbell was – was there to make a couple of big stops and and ultimately gets his first shutout in months. And that's huge. That's got to be huge for his confidence. Um, the way that he's played in the month of April, like I said, I think he's 6-0-1 now. So no regulation losses in the month of – he's picked up a total of 13 of uh, 14 uh, possible points in the month of April for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And heading into the playoffs, that's exactly – what we need out of Jack Campbell. Cause when this dude is confident and on his game, I mean, we saw it earlier this season. He's Vesna caliber. He's an all-star quite literally. He was voted an all-star based on his first half of the season. Hasn't gone very well since then, but the last few games, he started to put it all together and then it kind of gets rewarded with, you know, a tidy shutout. Like it wasn't like a, he wasn't peppered or anything like that. He didn't steal the game. He didn't goalie, the opposition, but he made the stops he had to, and he looked comfortable doing it and confident doing it, which I think is is really uh, best case scenario for Toronto right now. Oh, definitely. I I think when you consider um, what Jack Campbell went through the last few months, like you have to think he felt really good to get a shutout against Detroit, considering it was that g- the last time he played Detroit where. Everything kind of boiled over and seven, right? Like it had to feel good to hit for him. And I don't know if you saw after the game, him and Marner got a nice little hug from Carlton, the bear. 
that was just... did Matthews also gets a hug from uh from everyone Carlton. was getting hugs from Carlton tonight oh yeah Carlton was fantastic tonight he was losing his nut he was so happy about everything that was going on the 60 goal his uh celebration they panned to him he uh yeah he was he was excited to say the least but uh yeah Jack Campbell great nighting great outing out of him tonight which leads us to the number one star of the night and I think there's absolutely no debate. I, Campbell was your number two, right? Yes, he was my number two. Yes, I assumed. Uh, there's no debate at number one. It's the man who put up goals 59 and goal 60. And Dave, you got to pull it up. The post-game celebration. When he finished taking his twirl around Scotiabank Arena after being named the number one star in the actual game, um, this is what he was welcome to for our YouTube fans. You can watch this for our, uh, audio fans. You're going to have to go and find this clip on YouTube perhaps, or we can explain it, uh, as, as it goes down. But why don't we go ahead and play this outstanding, outstanding, uh, post-game celebration for Austin as he does something that hasn't been done in the NHL in a decade. Jack Jack Campbell's the funniest part of that whole thing. He's sitting there. So for those who are just listening via via the podcast, um they dumped water all over him, the classic water bottle celebration. But Jack Campbell had like squirt bottles, and he was just like, squirt bottles on his cats. I am Jack. What'd you say? That's probably what he uses on his cats. Yeah, he probably does. Anytime someone you know does something bad, is clawing at you. No, bad. That was funny. That was that was hilarious. And even Kyle Dubas. I mean, when he scored sixty, the you know a little. Bang on the table, a big old grin, and claps and celebrates, and and you know that he he loved to see his guy get that as well. Like Kyle Dubas has gone, he's put his career on the line with this core and this season that they're all having. Um, is kind of making it look like it's hopefully going to finally pay off. So seeing him get super super excited over number sixty. Uh, felt good as well. But as for Matthews's on ice performance, it's not just that he hit scored two goals. It's not just that it was a big milestone night. Sometimes first star goes to the milestone night. He was literally the best player on the ice along with that. Like this, this is the type of game where he just took over and, and yeah, he was shooting all night, but he was getting open to take those shots. He was ripping pucks away from guys ended up, I think he had like three or four takeaways tonight adding to his already league lead in the takeaway department. Um, He was great on both ends of the ice. And Austin Matthews, to me, he locked up the heart tonight. He locked up the Ted Lindsay tonight. Austin Matthews is going to have himself a ball at the NHL award show because he's going to have a lot of hardware he'll be going home with. The Rocket Richard, that's also completely, completely his now. I do not foresee... Drysdale uh, coming for that, or uh, Drysdale coming for that. No, I, I think the Ted Lindsay is is locked up for him. There are still going to be some debates about the Hart Trophy. 
let those people have those debates. We know who the Hart Trophy winner is right. here in Toronto. That's it right. is Austin Matthews. The right. MVP chance were out in full force after that goal. He definitely is deserving of that MVP. What would you think of my tweet? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was going to pull it up, and then I forgot. I didn't get a chance to. But, yeah. Like, we can talk. It's, it's no doubt. Like, I think the Ted Lindsay is such a is such a great trophy in that. And it probably should get more recognition. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Ted Lindsay to me, if I were a player, I would way rather the Ted Lindsay than the heart. Right. Like, like voted upon by the players, by the guys yeah. you're playing against who say, this is the best player, not the most valuable, which already is a problem because there's so many ways to determine value. Yeah, this was the tweet. Uh, you know, the old tired, wired. Great, so great. Everyone's chanting great. MVP. Actually, MVP. I don't know why, but I should be giving it a like. But and I'm know. saying wired. Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay instead. I think that, uh, yeah, that was, I'll give myself a slight pat on the back for that. That was a decent little, decently crafted tweet there. Um, but yeah, like Matthews to me, it's it's locked up, man. It's locked up. Yeah, I think it'd be nice if he comes away with two pieces of hardware after the NHL awards. Probably three. Oh, sorry, forgot the rocket as well. There you go. Three. The one that's basically he, he should have he should be guaranteed two. And when when there when it's the be beginning there. of the year this is before you join the podcast, but at the beginning of the year when I did like my over unders and my best bets from Bet Online, one of my best bets, the one that I felt most comfortable about was Matthews to win the rocket. And it was like plus two fifty. Like it was, he was the, the, the odds on favorite, mm-hmm. but I'm like, look, you can get two and a half times your bet. When that hits, not if, when that hits, it was a little dicey at one point. I'm not going to lie about a few weeks in, you know, he was a little slow at the gate. Dry saddle and OB had like 18. He was sitting at like six. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, maybe. I don't know. That's the other part that makes it so much. Like, he was, he, everyone started at the 10, like 10, like 10 meters ahead. You're thinking of like, or 10 yards ahead, whatever metric you want to use. He (laughs) had to catch up to them. It's like lapping in the Formula One now. He's just like, all right, peace out. (laughs) I'm just passing you. I'm going to pass you. And I'm just going to keep building on my lead here yeah i mean like if you if you want to keep going with your racing you know analogies analogies like he was he was the last guy and he had to pass everybody right at one point and he did he passed the everybody um yeah it's just a, a tremendous tremendous season for austin matthews i think there's certainly hardware in his future uh okay Let's uh, quickly discuss kind of what went down in like where we sit for the playoffs because things are starting to shake up a little bit. There's still some things that uh, are up for up for debate, but pretty much it looks. Uh, see, I I thought that Toronto, I thought that Boston was locked into the wild card spot and Tampa was locked into two, but I'm you're, I'm I'm wrong on this. I yeah. suppose. Okay, so we're not as in the know as I originally thought of the playoff matchups. I don't know why I thought that was the case. Oh, you know why? Because I looked at the standings, and I thought they just didn't uh, generate, like, after the games. 
that just passed. So I mm-hmm. thought Tampa, I was adding points up. Maybe that's how I got confused. But anyway, the way that's looking right now is most likely uh, Toronto and Tampa, very, very likely to play each other. I think Tampa, basically, their magic number is one to clinch, um, point, to clinch yeah. home, uh, the third, matchup against third. Toronto. And they play Columbus and the Islanders. Safe to say they're fine. Kudrov scored in seven straight. Vasilevsky's back to being Vasilevsky. And I think I saw Steven Stamkos has three points in five straight games. 100 points so for the guys, first time in his career. 100 points for the first time in his career. Those guys are okay. Tampa Bay is rolling right now. They've rattled off four straight since uh, that uh, that kicked off, I suppose, with that beatdown on the Leafs last week. So that's most likely going to be the first round. Carolina has locked up the division. That was another one of my best bets, actually, at the beginning of the year was Carolina. They were like third favorited to win that division. I'm like, that just seems very likely that this amazing team who finally gets a goalie in Freddie Anderson will probably win the division. That's exactly what happened. So if y'all were listening to me when I was going through my best bets of the season at Bet Online, you're welcome. Hopefully you did. Uh, so Carolina looking like they will play Boston, Boston seemingly. And then those are the a few times in the playoffs. That's a very interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, they typically they typically do end up playing a little bit later on, like in conference finals they've played. And then it was the bubble they played in the second round, I believe, as well. Um, I want to say, yeah, they played in the bubble and then Boston went on to no, did they play did they play in the bubble? Maybe they did. Uh, and then it's likely to be Florida and either Washington or Pittsburgh. So those two kind of got to fight it out there. Uh, Washington with two games, Pittsburgh with one game to go. So whoever ends up finishing uh, last out of those two will play Carolina. So that's how it kind of shakes out in the east. In the west, if you want to scroll down to the west a little bit there, Dave. Um, a lot happening right now. So a lot happening. So the only thing that we need to figure out is the, the wild card. So this is the only one where there's still teams alive uh, who are currently on the outside looking in. Vegas and Dallas currently underway as we speak. Uh, that game has some massive implications on the wild card. Uh, that said, still, Vegas has to win out. Dallas has to lose um, or Nashville. So like, there's they need a lot of help for, for Vegas to make it in. I'm not sure it happens. But regardless... Uh, we do know that St. Louis and Minnesota are going to play each other. That is going to be one interesting, grueling series between those two squads. And Edmonton uh, locks up second place. They will play L.A. Yeah. So Edmonton and L.A. will end up uh, will end up playing each other. I suppose technically Vegas still could catch L.A. if L.A. loses. LA. But again, these are the likely scenarios. Edmonton and L.A. will probably go. And then um, Nashville, Dallas, and Vegas, however they shake out in this wildcard race, will the, the one who finishes on top will play Calgary, and the one who just makes it with the second wildcard spot will play the Colorado Avalanche, who Oops. lost <laughs> four in a row. Yeah, it's been weird for them. I'll say this about Nashville. Not healthy. That's the issue with them. Not healthy in in, uh, Colorado. No, some guys are holding until the playoffs, too. Uh, Like Landis Cog is not playing right now. One thing, one interesting wrinkle I just saw on Twitter Nashville lost UC Soros tonight. 
Ooh, another big injury around the NHL. Another goalie, too. So it's Freddie Anderson, also anti-Ranta. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, imagine how much easier the Leafs' path would have been if they came in fourth. Like, if, if they would have crossed over and would have had to play a Freddie and Rantaless Hurricanes team instead of the Tampa Bay Lightning in round one, how much better would it have felt? And Nashville lost an OT to Calgary as well. So that's a very interesting wrinkle there. Okay, so, so they pick up a point, yeah. um, which will bring up to up to 95. I'm wondering, actually, it might have already have updated to that because uh, they lost OT once. So I'm assuming maybe they've already added that to it. So oh, Okay, perhaps. I think they're stuck at 94 right now. Okay. So we'll see what happens there then. It's is gonna it's, the West is gonna be such an issue, but yeah, I think the Leafs path. Like some people have brought that up. A friend of mine kept bringing it up. Is like, wouldn't the Leafs kind of want to go through the Metro? It'd be a lot easier, a lot easier. I'll tell you that. I mean, round one you get uh, Carolina, who doesn't have a goalie right now. No. Um, so there's that. Again, they're all difficult. At the end of the day, I think that you know there's there's not one single team in the East that's like an easy path. I would say, but the injuries make it a little different, right? Like Tristan Jari is also injured for Pittsburgh. That's concerning. Ovechkin, day to day, missed the game last night against the Islanders after going hard into the boards against the Leafs the other night. He's got a shoulder injury. Don't know how long he's going to be out for, but like you now have a severely injured Ovechkin. That's going to be tough for, for Washington to overcome. And then the goaltending situation, the Rangers are the only team in that division that I really fear at this point, which I is why the Rangers are a smart bet to make to come out of the East, in my opinion. And I have made that bet over at Bet Online. by the way. I was able to get them at like plus 800. I think they're like plus 500 now to come out of the East. So still a little bit of value. But uh, yeah, it, the, so Boston evidently has an easier path to the conference final than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Isn't that ridiculous? It's so ridiculous. Like it's... the Leafs have whole mice advantage in round one, yet this wild card team has a better shot at making it to the conference finals. Better path. That's how stupid these playoffs are. Oh, that just makes me so sick to my stomach. You know what? Let's forget about that, though. It's all good. They've locked in home ice advantage, and that's something that they have not had in a very long time um, with fans in the building, right? Like, they had it last year, obviously. They had it in the bubble. There was no fans. But a full packed crowd for a seven-game series, haven't had that since 2004. With home ice advantage, two thousand four was the last. I've been in the crowd. I've been at a game, at a playoff game. I'm telling Leafs fans, those who go on the regular season, playoffs totally different animal. I hope so because it is so electric. It was. I was like, I was shaking at because I. It was my first ever playoff game in in the building, and all. Toronto's a playoff town too, but Toronto's a playoff town. I know you could probably say that about every team, but. I've really noticed that, like, the crowds in Toronto, like, I've never been to a playoff, like, live to a, a, a Leafs or Raptors playoff game, but through TV, it seems like it's extremely lively. 
but I've been to a couple of Blue Jays playoff games back in 15 and 16. I've Holy done. crap, is it a totally different beast when you've got people in that, uh, in the dome, like 50,000 packed. Like, the place is literally shaking. Literally. And my ass was all the way up top. I felt like that thing was about to collapse on us because it was moving so much. It was hilarious. So, yeah, it's, it's a playoff town. Maple Leafs, they're going to the playoffs. They got home ice advantage. Matthews has 60 goals. Campbell's playing well. Nylander's back to doing his thing. Tavares got on the score sheet tonight. And Jake Muzzin is healthy and doesn't look abysmal. Lots of positives. Lots of positives coming out of tonight's 3-0 victory over the Detroit Red Wings, Dave. Lots of positives. And we'll go to bed with positive thoughts. There's one more game to go in the regular season, then it's go time. Then it's go time, my friend. And that will be Friday against the Boston Bruins. But we will be back tomorrow. We will not make you wait until Friday for a new episode. We do episodes every day, Monday to Friday, whether it's a game day, an off day, doesn't matter. That's what we do here at Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I just can't wait to get geared up and have everybody follow along for this hopefully long and epic playoff run. But just one more game to go before we get there. Uh, all right, Dave, that's going to do it for us here today. I'd like to thank everyone for uh, listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Also follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.